That's right. Welcome in. It is a, another edition of the Magic Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, where we are talking District 4 activities and athletics week in, week out in the great state of Idaho, coming at you live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Also, you can listen to this podcast at IdahoSports.com and wherever you download or subscribe to podcasts. Brandon Bainey joined by our Magic Valley expert, Scott Burton, who's currently in the midst of Snowmageddon. Scott, what's going on? <laughs> it is the dark side, ironically, because snow is light, but it's the dark side of athletic administration, snow days, canceled events. And uh, we have been here in the Magic Valley, well, basically pretty much the state has been getting dumped on. And we have... <laughs> I got stuck in my own driveway and I thought I had dug out enough. Apparently I didn't. So I had to abandon my car in the middle of the driveway, hop in my pickup and uh, been using that for a bit. So when we're done here, I'm going to go put my country skills to work and, uh, and get my car unstuck out of the driveway. It's been a mess down here, Brandon. It's been, it's been bananas. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere uh, around the state, around the country. Uh, I've seen, you know, East coast, West coast doesn't really seem to matter. The cold weather is affecting everybody. Uh, that's for sure. It's your favorite time of the year, Scott, where you get to postpone events and then try to reschedule them. I think I saw yeah. his drum drum playing tonight or did that get postponed? No, we are. Our boys are over at Canyon Ridge tonight. So, I mean, fittingly enough that, uh, that's one of our topics, but uh, we're still looking for a game to get rescheduled. We've rescheduled two of them already. We're still trying to get one. We've lost two wrestling matches. And so it's it's been a mess. And a lot of those you can't get back because you just don't have the space in your schedule. And yeah. pretty soon, state's going to get here, district's going to get here, and you had an 18-game schedule, and it was really 15. We do this every year. I feel like we just run out of runway, <laughs> you know, the plane's ready to take off and yeah, we're not quite ready, but it is what it is, right? Oh yeah, it is. So it's, um, that's what we're dealing with right now. So it's, uh, it'll all work out. Well, that was part of the reason why we uh, were not able to do a show last week. You know, we had a rare week off, not by choice, but by you had 5 million things going on and you were in the midst of, on the phone, scheduling and canceling events. I was over in Lapway, Scott, uh, covering the Lapway boys basketball team. Uh, it turns out we were a little premature in declaring that, oh, Case, why not? It's really close to breaking that all-time scoring record. We right. may have jumped the gun uh, just a little bit. We got the wrong point total for the career leader. Big frustrating process, so I'm going to be headed back to Lapway probably next week sometime for what we think is going to be the record-breaking moment, which is kind of a cool deal. Oh, it is a cool deal. It's better that you jump the gun on that than miss it all together. You know, so um, if nothing else, it's brought a little bit more attention uh, to what is inevitably about to happen up there uh, with Mr. Why Not. So um, I think, yeah, it, it worked out well. And kudos to you for um, kind of making it known that, hey, we goofed it up. But I was listening to you guys, uh, you and I think it was you and Ryan talk a little bit earlier um, about a record book or something along those lines mm -hmm. that is something housed. And boy, what a great opportunity for us at Idaho Sports to be the caretaker of something like that. 
I think it's something that's really important and it, and it has to happen. So for those that may not have heard on the North Idaho prep cast, we basically uh, had two different point totals for the all-time leader, Jared Mercer from Kamii. Plus I got questions about, Hey, what's the girl's all-time record? The answer, I don't know. Cause nobody has it. And so right. as I'm sitting here, I'm going, isn't there, there's gotta be some sort of official, record book that has this type of information in it now the ihsaa does keep track of state tournament event records right state tournaments and state meets and things like that but that's such a small piece of the pie compared to what you're doing in the regular season so scott yes it's something that idahosports.com will be undertaking it's going to be a long process and it's going to take the cooperation of all of idaho's high schools um, but we would like to put together, if it's not official, I mean, as close to it as we can get of mm-hmm. having a record book that fans can have access to and refer to for the state of Idaho. Yeah. I mean, how cool would that be? I mean, cause you're talking about different categories, correct? You're talking about, um, I mean, just take basketball, for instance, you're talking about points and rebounds and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you may not be the scorer on the team, but well, you can board like a banshee. Well, Hey, why not? You know, set your sights on something. And, uh, I mean, those things are cool, and it gives you a chance to recognize more kids if they inch closer to something like that. And, um, boy, I'm excited for Case. I'm excited for the undertaking that we are about to embark on, and hopefully it works out because it is way overdue. All right, Scott, so that's your job. you got to go back to Jerome High School and start digging up some of that info. And and some schools will have better records than others, and so it won't be – 100% 100% perfect, but we're going to get it as close as we possibly can. So, yep. Okay. We'll give it a shot. Idea. Okay. Sounds good. Well, uh, it was a record performance for Minico at the Raleigh Lane invite two weeks ago. This is the premier wrestling event in the state of Idaho outside of the state championships, of course. But in terms of regular season competition, there's nothing bigger than Raleigh Lane. This was two weeks ago. And coming in, the talk was, oh, Meridian's going to be in in the race for the team championship, or maybe Post Falls, or maybe Bishop Kelly, if everything goes right, or maybe it's one of these out-of-state opponents from California or Oregon or Utah or Washington. Turns out it was those Minico Spartans like assassins coming through and getting the victory. But Scott, it was an incredibly tight, razor-thin victory over Fruitland. It came down to half a point, but Minico got it done. Boy, I tell you what, I mean, you talk about a a team that is poised and set up to repeat as state champions. It's, it's Minico. This, this particular team is so deep that you just, and I, I don't think a lot of people would recognize that when you were deep like that, you've got constant competition at practice. And that is something that a lot of these programs are missing is because, you know, you've got one guy in a weight class that really, who's he going to wrestle in practice? Well, these guys are going two, three deep in some of these, and they know if they slip up or they start to slack off a little bit, there's somebody right behind them to take their place. And that competition within practice drives this team and, and they are talented. They are so good. And with they are going neck and neck with Fruitland, what does that say about Fruitland, right? But, uh, this Minico team, if they can stay healthy, I don't see why they can't repeat. Yeah. And so it came down to basically uh, Garrett Vale, who it, it's funny, Scott, we have our Idaho Matt chat prep cast. You know, it's our standalone uh-huh. wrestling podcast. We do every Tuesday night live at 8 PM 
uh, Mountain Time on IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Um, and Garrett Vale has started like tuning in and like chiming in as part of the conversation. And so we get coaches and parents, and sometimes we even get some athletes. Garrett Vale's been there the last couple of weeks uh, for Minico. So uh, it's been really fun to have that part of the conversation, but it came down to Garrett Vale. Basically it was the last match for Minico and they needed him to get the pin. Any other result would have resulted in a tie between Minico and Fruitland. And sure enough, Vale comes through. He's, he's battling a kid from Washington, Lake Stevens, Cohen Mattern, and he ends up getting the pin in four minutes and 21 seconds. And that gives Minico the half point that they need. So Garrett Vale, that's going to serve him well having that championship like moment, you know, in a month when he's doing it for real. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, these tournaments are doing nothing but getting you ready for the state tournament and uh, you're going to fall back on these experiences and draw from them and, and be that much better. And well, you consider that we've lost a few wrestling matches due to snowpocalypse, you know, everything matters at this point, you know, and, and just to kind of illustrate further how strong Minico is, I mean, what you got 16 weight classes, right? They've got wrestlers ranked in the top six in 11 of those weight classes. You know, I mean, from top to bottom, they are just loaded. And when you can rank that many wrestlers in the top five or six in 11 of the 16 weight classes, you're looking at some points, you know. And so uh, I'd be interested to see kind of what happens at the state tournament. Because, you know, right on their heels, of course, is, um, well, who else other than uh, Bishop Kelly is right there, Caldwell, Century. It's really kind of the same cast of characters. But if I'm a betting man, I'm going to, I'm putting it on Minico. Yep. We've got in the chat here, Scott, Jacob Beck, who helps contribute to our wrestling coverage at IdahoSports.com. 15 weights. Not oh, six. I said 15. I was, 15. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15. No, it's Even better because they're they're missing, I think, if I counted that correctly earlier, I'm sorry, it's just five that they don't have anybody ranked. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. I mean, and, and, and the depth shows, I mean, Garrett Vale was the only individual champion for Minico at Raleigh Lane. So it's mm -hmm. uh, it shows that depth of the second, third, fourth place finishers there amongst it all. So Jacob wants to know, is Minico the all-class number one team in the state? I think they're definitely number one for 4A. And I will admit, at the very start of the season, when we made our wrestling predictions on the Matt Chat Prepcast, I did pick BK to win the title. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll stand by that because I'm a man of my word. But um, <laughs> I don't know, Scott. We did see uh, last year or, or earlier this year, Minico uh, competed in this kind of cool Battle of the M trophy with uh, Madison and Middleton as well, a couple of 5A schools. So mm -hmm. it was a pretty interesting competition, and they have taken on the 5A schools in, and excelled. Oh, they have. And, and because there's, there are so many of them and they're so deep and so loaded, they, they just split their teams and everybody's getting solid, solid matches because they'll send half their team, you know, to this tournament and then their top wrestlers to maybe this five, a tournament or whatever the case is. And they are just getting primed and ready for this. Now, are they the number one in the entire state? I don't know. You could answer that better than I could with your Matt chat um, resources, but you know, definitely for foray, they're they're there. But you know, in order to win, they're still going to have to have their second level kids win matches and score points. You know, you can't just leave it up to your top guy in each weight class. But they're that deep. 
It is. It's going to come down to basically the 4A state tournament's going to come down to Minico's depth versus B- BK has the 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 stars um and they have the ability but but the problem with Bishop Kelly is is they're not as deep as Minico. So they need all of their stars to take first place at the podium. And if Bishop Kelly does that, then they're probably going to win it. But it's it's a very tight rope to walk. And all it takes is one or two guys falling just short of the top spot to allow Minico to come in. So Minico's got the numbers to work with definitely in their favor. Another uh, chat in the comment here from our Treasure Valley prep cast host, Logan Green. Nice shirt, Scott. <laughs> hey, thank you. And, and well, since you brought it up, Logan, third and 17 in Detroit, that was a penalty. That should have been either holding or pass interference. And then we kick the field goal and we win the game. We should be playing this weekend. I'm not bitter. Not, not at all. Thanks for bringing it up, Logan. And for those that are listening, Scott's wearing a nice Los Angeles Rams t-shirt uh, with some, looks like palm trees maybe behind that Rams helmet there. So that's right. Looks looks good. Uh, You know, I was, I was sitting there watching the game with my wife uh, and I turned to her and I said, the Rams are going to regret settling for field goals on these two drives. That's really going to come back to haunt them. And sure enough, they never got the ball back. So no, it's tough. tough Can't go to the red zone and come away with field goals. Yep. For sure. Hey, look at this. We're getting some BK Scott. We got BK fans tuning in here. Brian. Good. Let's go. Brian Skellinger says the BKJV at the Rockwell yeah. Rumble fire. They went down uh, to Utah and competed at the Rockwell Rumble this past weekend. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be a fascinating story time uh, storyline as we get down to the stretch here. BK versus mm-hmm. Minico. These two are, are on a yep. crash course. For well, they are. So. And, and, you know, not to take anything away from BK because they're deep too. And it's, I think you hit the nail on the head when you analyze those two teams. They, I mean, BK is deep but not as deep as Minico. And, but the thing is, it's still BK. And we've had this conversation a million times already. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's BK. They'll, they'll be there. They'll compete. Yeah, for sure. Uh, girls results from the Raleigh Lane. Canyon Ridge was the highest placing team for the Magic Valley. They took fourth. Um, they will be competitive in that all, because in girls wrestling, it's all classification. Uh, but boy, it's, Thunder Ridge looks so good. Um, they're going to be tough to knock off at the top, but Canyon Ridge is going to be right there. Top three finish for sure uh, is within their sights. And, Jer- and Jerome, your your school, mm-hmm. Jerome's going to be right there too, I think, from the Magic yeah. Valley. I mean, it's so funny to have watched the progression of, of girls wrestling and how it's grown. And uh, it's it's so it's so funny too because I um, you know, not only the AD, I, I teach a class and uh, coach well, like. I coach our speech team still. And so every second hour I go down into the classroom, have my elite speakers come in and we, you know, do whatever. And I've got like two or three girl wrestlers on that team, on my speech team. And so they're so eloquent and they're so smart that you would never peg them uh, to want to get out there and just mix it up on the mat, but they do and they're good. And it's so fun to watch this, this this sport take off for these girls um because it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and and uh, i'm sure i'm enjoying watching it yep uh, we did have two individual champions from the magic valley at raleigh lane as well on the girls side neither of them from canyon ridge or jerome ironically enough i think jerome was at the buell invite though uh we had uh at 138 pounds rocky roxy sheen from buell 
And then at the 235-pound weight, Amy Hartman from Mountain Home. So way to go. Amy Hartman is going to – she's been top-ranked at the 235 mark most of the year for Mountain Home. So continue to keep an eye on that. But, man, so much good wrestling, of course, going on in the Magic Valley. Okay, well, we talked Canyon Ridge girls wrestling, Scott. But their boys' basketball team has also been turning some heads as of late. Um, yeah. They were, you know, if we had done the show last week, we could have said, yeah, they're still leading the division. And then they they took a close loss to, was it Wood River? I think Wood I River. saw, but, mm-hmm. but, but they're still, you know, tied for first in the league standings. Uh, Canyon Ridge has been uh, kind of an underreported story. Um, working in a new coach, their old coach Darren von uh, Van Hofwagen is now at Fruitland. Um, but yet here are the Riverhawks, nine and five overall, four and one in Great Basin Conference play. It's been a really nice story this year. Uh, you know what? It really has, and and uh, and I've known I've known Alex for for a while, and I mean I really like the guy. He um, you know, he got to know. Um, my sister at Eagle High School when my sister was the AD up there and he worked for her and then he kind of went down here went to Castle Ford and and uh, now he's at Canyon Ridge and you know when when he got hired everybody asked okay what's is Alex the guy for this job whatever and I tell you what everybody I talked to said Alex is the guy for this job Um, Canyon Ridge has been one of those teams over the years that has been loaded with talent. I mean, they had guys that were six, five plus and multiple of them. They had, you know, guys that could shoot the ball. They had pure athletes. They, they had everything except a work ethic. They had absolutely zero in the tank. Um, I, I don't think the culture was very good. Um, you would watch this Canyon Ridge team and, and as an opponent, you would say, man, I hope they never get it figured out because if they do, they're going to be dangerous. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a bigger 4A school, obviously, 6A coming up here, but they have always had the talent there. They just needed that piece of the puzzle to come in and put it together, and Alex has done that. And you watch these guys play, they're playing hard. And when I talk to Alex about kind of the transition on this, what was your number one focus? And, and he said, we have just got to learn how to play hard. And the old Canyon Ridge team, you could just see them just taking plays off. I mean, they were Randy Mossing the whole thing uh, at times. And they're not doing that anymore. And Alex has got them playing the right way. They're tough. Um, they've got some mental toughness to them. And as of right now, they are leading the conference with a four and one mark. Their only loss is that close 64 61 loss to Wood River overall nine and five these guys are poised to to qualify for the state tournament it'd be a landmark event for Canyon Ridge for sure and Alex Wells in his first year as the coach has done a phenomenal job they've still got that height in spades right I mean I'm yeah. looking at six five Jarrett Huff I'm looking at six six Nathan uh Aquanuke and then six foot nine Mason Hill good luck counteracting that height <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing about Mason is, I mean, you can't coach height, right? And six nine, he's he's just a rim protector, and you cannot get to the rim on him. And he's he's fairly disciplined, and he's not one of those guys that thinks he has to block every shot. And if you can get your big guy to understand that changing a shot is oftentimes more effective than blocking a shot, then 
you're, you're doing your team a solid. Uh, and he's that, this kid's doing it. That Hill kid, man, he causes problems. And uh, they've got some kids that can shoot the ball too. So they have got a lot of pieces. Yeah, Cade McIntyre out at guard is a guy that can really light it up. And, um, you know, I think also Jasper Robinson is a senior that's been playing pretty well for them too. So, yeah, the the lone stumble was against Wood River by three. Scott, they don't get to see the Wolverines again until February 1st. Now, the hard part is that was at Canyon Ridge's place, that loss. So they got to go up to Haley up in the thick of the woods up there and uh, take care of business if they, if they want to still have a shot at this. And I tell you, Wood River, Wood River's a a good team too. They've got some, the kids that can shoot the ball as well and just hard nosed kids. And Wood River is a tough, tough place to play. You know, and we've talked about this a couple of times on different podcasts. There are two places in the great basin that you just don't want to play at because it's different. It's hard. And anytime you get a win, you tiptoe out of there. Wood River is one. Mountain Home is the other. So this is going to be an interesting game. And we'll see what what you know it, it entails because Wood River, they're no slouch either. They're a game back. And this particular conference in boys basketball, I mean, the top five teams are separated by two games. And there's still a lot to be played. In fact, Jerome and Canyon Ridge, you know, they play tonight. And when we're done here, I think I'm, he- I'm headed over in that direction. And that game... Uh, the first time around was was close, and then Canyon Ridge pulled it out 58-51. So this conference in the district tournament, one injury, one hot team can tell the story. Yeah, Canyon Ridge is four and one. Twin Falls is four and one. Minico three and one. Wood River four and two. That's kind of the big four. And then Jerome, right there, they're two and three. I mean, they're a winning streak yeah. away from being right there in the mix. And yeah, I don't know. I still lean Twin Falls just based on history, right? They've kind of got the history. They've got a new coach this year as well. And Max Stannard, who mm-hmm. cut his teeth at Burley previously. And I don't know. They did lose to Canyon Ridge to start the new year, 61-55. That was only a six-point game. Looking forward to that rematch, too. That comes... Boy, how about this stretch here? Uh, January 30th at Twin Falls, one night off, and then February 1st at Wood River for Canyon Ridge. That that little three-day stretch may define their season. Oh, it it, it will. I mean, that's going to put some people in in certain places on the, on the bracket of where they're going in the district tournament. But, boy, what a gauntlet coming down the stretch, too. So uh, I think it's going to be a really fun, fun tournament. And, uh, you know, you can't sleep on a team like like Mountain Home either. I know that they don't look impressive with the record and all that kind of stuff, but you know, they can they can just kind of muck things up a little bit and just slow it down and ugly it up and if you can keep it close, it's anybody's game. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun finish here. Uh, we've talked about the Great Basin on the girls' side and how wild that's going to be. It looks like the boys' race is shaping up to be just as incredible. And speaking of racing, we're going to head to the track and introduce you to a standout from Twin Falls in the track and field arena. Right after this break, though, we're going to hear from our sponsors, No Vape Idaho. We'll be back right after this. It's the Magic Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. It's not like I'm doing drugs. Nicotine can negatively impact the developing brain and make it more susceptible to other addictive substances. 
Students that vape are three times more likely to start smoking weed. And kids who share vapes can unknowingly inhale other drugs like THC, meth, or fentanyl, causing permanent lung damage, overdose, and even death. Be smart, don't start. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast presented by No Vape Idaho on IdahoSports.com. Scott, I was looking at some of the ingredients slash materials that go into these, you know, nicotine vape pens and um, arsenic, aluminum, lead. It's all that stuff that they warned us as kids to stay away from. Yeah, isn't it though? One of them by themselves, we were fine with. <laughs> but now they're combining them all into this whatever it is they're doing but uh yeah it's like it is it's all the stuff we heard about as kids but they weren't all together in one little thing and uh man i, t I tell you without going off on a tangent there it is a problem in every single school and uh man it's, it's getting worse so anything we can do to help curb that a little bit i mean we'll do because being an administrator at a high school i mean and watching these kids everywhere it, it, it's it's a problem serious problem yeah, if you want more tips and details about how you can help curb and combat this problem, uh, type in No Vape Idaho. That's no with a K, like the more you know. Uh, no Vape Idaho into your favorite uh, search browser, and uh, you'll find the website from there. No Vape Idaho, though, sponsoring the Magic Valley PrepCast, and we thank them. All right, Scott, uh, our last story today is actually more of a spring sports story, but... Mm -hmm. It's timely because this athlete just signed her letter of intent to go to college. Uh, Tiffany Humphreys is a senior from Twin Falls High School. And, you know, this doesn't happen all the time. It does happen more than you would think. But she has committed to the next level, Scott, not just in track and field, but in soccer as well. She's going to do the two sport thing in college, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And then you've got the whole... Um kind of Harper Walker tie into it as well. And it becomes a story. And, but Tiffany is, is the focus on this one. And I mean, what, a, I mean, first of all, what, a, what an impressive young lady um, having the chance to visit with her a little bit and, and, and know her mom and dad um, personally, it, they have done a fantastic job raising uh, this kid and, you know, good things happen to good people. And Tiffany's one of those that, just had some things fall into place for her because originally she was set to just go play track or go play track, go run track uh, at Boise state. And, and that was it. Um, and she sort of was, she was playing soccer too through high school, soccer and track were kind of her big things. And, but she committed to track right around her sophomore year is, is that's what she's going to do. Um, but she continued to play, play soccer. And then she'd go up, in the summers and run track at Boise and then she'd run winter track and then track became her thing. Soccer became kind of her hobby. And so she took an official visit to Boise state, fell in love with, you know, the track program, the coaches, uh, the team. Uh, and she was, she was all into Boise state. And then a couple weeks later, um, OIT called Oregon Institute of Technology called and there, but it wasn't their track coach that called. It was their soccer coach. And so the soccer coach calls, gets a hold of the track coach, and together they work this thing out and they get her there on the scholarship for two sports. And that's how the whole thing just sort of happened with her. 
And this sounds like it's going to be a great fit for her academically as well. And what she wants to do, she wants to major in radiologic science, which is not easy. That's going to be, but that's so awesome that she's already got that lined up in OIT, Oregon Institute of Technology. Sounds like that's going to play right into what she wants to do. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, and I talking to her, I was sort of, you know, picking her brain a little bit on the choice of, of, you know, careers that she is pursuing. And, you know, she said that ever since she was little, she wanted to do something like that because um, she felt that being on the, the front lines or at least the first person that sick people deal with, whether, you know, like x-rays and CTs and those kinds of things. I mean, that's the front line right there, you know, and she wanted to be part of that. And she thought the scrubs were cool too. So I mean, <laughs> there, there is that, you know, and then you factor in, you know, the Harper story and it just really further cemented the choice that she was going to be a rat tech and this is where she was going, you know? And when I was talking to her, I was asking her, you know, how did that whole situation make you appreciate things or how did it change you or whatever? Cause um, they're, they're related and they just have this tight knit family over there that have gone through all of this together. And I feel that we've kind of been in the back seat watching all of this happen, you know, especially being, you know, friends with Sean Walker and, and, and Nikki Harper's mom and everybody, it's just like, we get to see what's going on. And so it is one of those awesome stories. And, you know, Tiffany was talking about it just put things in perspective because, you know, you don't have to have an A on the test or win a soccer game to have a good day. You know, she said, my good day is when I came home and I asked my dad how Harper was doing. And if she was struggling, I didn't have a good day. But when my dad said she is walking very well, all of a sudden it didn't matter what I did earlier in the day. My day was great now. And so it put a lot of emphasis uh, for her on family and time and the little things in particular, uh, because those are all the things that we take for granted. And unfortunately, it takes a big moment to make us realize that. And most of the time, those moments are negative and we don't see it. And luckily for this girl, she does. Yeah, so we, we've brought that story to you about uh, Hallie Walker, who's going to play volleyball at the University of Montana, and Harper Walker, who's mm -hmm. still got you know, high school in front of her, um, but had that very rare form of uh, basically tailbone cancer uh, last year, and she's continuing to get checkups and, and you know passing those so far, which is great, and our thoughts and prayers continue to be with Harper. And then you're right, there's Tiffany, who, who is a sister as well, so this is like a family of athletes and um, it's pretty right. incredible what they're all able to accomplish. Yeah, it is. And you know, and the thing about Tiffany too, is that she was running for um, the dash in Boise. And so she had to juggle traveling up there. Uh, I mean, during the summer she was there, you know, quite a bit. Um, and then three days a week, she would head up and spend the night with her teammates and, you know, and they're bouncing to all these track meets around the country. And, uh, you know, obviously with no family because they can't make it there all the time. And the, the hardest part, she told me, was just kind of balancing that two lives, right? The, the one in Boise and then the one down here and missing out a lot with, you know, certain family gatherings and missing her friends here and her family here and 
that kind of stuff. But it was a sacrifice that she made to do that. And now it's going to pay off for her at the next level. Yeah. She would travel over to Boise or does, you know, anywhere mm-hmm. between three and sometimes like four times a week to Boise to run and compete with Idaho dash, which, which is a club, you know, track team. Um, she is a four time all American with Idaho dash as well. So she received her all American titles from the indoor nationals in New York, uh, last winter, not this current winter, but last year. And then at the Nike outdoor nationals at Oregon state, uh, and then the AAU nationals in Las Vegas, and then the AAU junior Olympics in, in Iowa. Uh, Dash Idaho went to all of these events last year. Tiffany was with them and she picked up all American status at all of these events, which is also super incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you talk about the process and how she got there. You talk about, you know, the, the relationship she has with her sister, her career, but getting lost in all of this is she's pretty dang good too. (laughs) You know, I mean, she has got a laundry list of accomplishments in this sport and OIT is, they're going to, they're going to get a good one. I mean, not just a good athlete. They're getting a, a solid person too, but uh, man, she is really, really good at what she does. Yeah. I'm not sure they know yet just what kind of caliber athlete I'm, I'm sure they know, but I mean, they're, they're going to be pleasantly surprised when she gets on campus and starts running for sure. So uh, no doubt about it. You know, and, and one thing, one, one last thing about that too, is, you know, as we were chatting, it's like, okay, anything else that, you know, you, I, I need to know or whatever. And, and all she wanted to do is just make sure that, that uh, she thanked all of her coaches, um, her parents, um, everybody that was, I mean, she gave me a list of people and soccer coaches and, and I mean, everybody, I mean, that was important is to make sure that, you know, everybody knew that this was a journey that she didn't do on her own. And, uh, and, the, and the great ones know that, you know, pretty remarkable. Now we did get some pictures of Tiffany, uh, to share as she signed. So um, you see there with the Oregon tech, they must be the owls, Scott. I'm guessing that's their mascot. I didn't, I didn't research it far enough, but I'm guessing just based on the, the mascot she's got on the sweatshirt there. Right. <laughs> or I, I thought it might've been the gamma rays. I'm not really sure. <laughs> right. For sure. Um, there's another shot of her in her swag. And then uh, there she is holding up uh, two sports, four-time All-American, <laughs> and so there you go. Those wow. are, those are great. Cool. And again, this is what we're looking for. If there's a story you want us to explore, uh, send it to me, Brandon at IdahoSports.com or Scott at IdahoSports.com. Pictures, video clips, we'll, we'll yeah. take it all. We want to share these stories. That's what it's all about. So, Absolutely, absolutely. So, And that was a good one. And many thanks to um, um, our friend who sent it in as well, alerted us to the story. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Scott, it is time for another edition of Scott's Thoughts. Uh, Here we are January 18th. This isn't going to be as timely, but actually it will be because the Scott's Thoughts topic this week was resolutions, right? We were getting to the new year and everybody always sets their new year's resolution. And you came back and said, well, why does it always have to be January 1st? Why can't we set resolutions at other points during the year? So we're probably right around that point where a lot of those resolutions are left by the roadside, right? Yesterday's news, man. (laughs) That's right. We to do it again. We went to the gym for like 10 days and then we missed a day and then that turned into two and then that turned into eight. And so 
Um, that is the topic uh, for this week. Scott's thoughts is resolutions. How do we set them? How do we keep them? I'm interested to see where this goes, Scott. 4,000 years ago, usually in the spring, the Babylonians celebrated the new year with an 11-day festival during which they made promises to the gods to repay debts and return borrowed items. This early practice laid the groundwork for the idea of starting the year with a commitment to self-improvement and moral betterment. Then in 46 BC, Julius Caesar created a new Roman calendar which moved the start of the new year to January. And January was named for the Roman god Janus who had two faces, one that looked forward and one that looked backwards. Janus, the god of doors and gates, became the symbolic threshold to the future. Romans believed Janus could forgive them of their wrongdoings in the previous year and bless them for a prosperous future. And throughout the years, cultures have adopted this practice of starting over and making promises all in the name of self-improvement. Now put a little Western spice on it and voila, New Year's resolutions were born. So every January 1st, we go through the process of making annual pledges to ourselves with the hope of severing the tide of the past and boldly marching into a rejuvenated future with a renewed vigor, a brazen energy, an optimistic approach which says, this is my year. Then about 10 days later, we've abandoned our hopes and dreams and accepted our inability to make change. Maybe next year. It's funny how we start the year with resolutions that sparkle with ambition, but as time unfolds, our commitment seems to develop a disappearing act. It's almost as if our goals have the fight club mentality. And the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club. Our commitment to salad turns into late night rendezvous with pizza delivery. Our treadmill turns into a coat rack. Our taste buds have rebelled against vegetables and our gym membership card sits tucked away in our wallet as a reminder of the strange world that exists across town where burpees are enjoyable. It's comedy. We've turned New Year's resolutions into a punchline where the joke year after year is on us. So the question I have is this, how do we fix it? How do we actually keep those promises we make to ourselves? And how do we make our resolutions actually mean something? New Year's Day is every man's birthday, where a clean slate embodies the promise of renewal. It symbolizes a fresh beginning, an opportunity to cast aside yesterday's mistakes and embrace the prospect of a brighter tomorrow. Sounds amazing. So why does an exciting chance at rebirth almost always end in a quick and predictable death. Well, for most of us, we jump on the resolution bandwagon of eating better or exercising more. Both life changes we all should make, but they fail predominantly because of two things. There's no plan and there's no discipline. Whenever we set goals, we create them with the intention of actually achieving them but our approach lacks any teeth, any strategy. Although the why 
of having these goals is apparent. It's the lack of the how that inevitably leads us down the road of failure. It's like a coach who tells his best player, I need you to be a leader, but fails to communicate how to lead. So we set these goals and have no direction, and we wander aimlessly toward a destination that we can neither feel or see. And on that road of failure, we repeat that pattern year after year. And anytime you repeat a pattern, it starts to become your normal. And resolutions, change, it doesn't have a chance. Maybe next year. I learned whenever I set goals, whether for myself or a team that I coach, I need to make sure that I have a few measurable benchmarks along the way or that road to success will be paved with disappointment. The focus cannot be on the end goal. It has to be on the process. The goal is too far away. For example, let's say you want to lose 25 pounds. If you keep your attention strictly on that 25 pounds, you'll never get there. That number is so far away that we lose hope and abandon our journey. But if you can set a few tiny goals along the way, almost forgetting about the number 25, well, now you've got something. The other reason we fail is lack of discipline. We are the most undisciplined people to ever live. So many of us avoid hard work. We fear adversity and have the discipline of a spoiled toddler. We have no idea how to struggle because we run from it. The highway to goal setting is not a yellow brick road. It's riddled with disappointment, heartache, surprises, and failure. However, it's our grit to reclaim our footing and our discipline to sustain the path that determines our success. But somehow, we expect the journey to be sunshine and rainbows, and when it isn't, we give up. It's too hard, it's not fun. And this defeatist attitude and the lack of any resiliency costs us a shot at achieving greatness. And it's like I said before, everyone wants to be great, but not everyone wants to do what it takes to be great. Maybe next year. Another thing to consider are the kinds of goals we are setting. Sometimes we are so stuck and content in the present that setting a future goal is of no interest. Our desire to change must be greater than our desire to stay the same. So this year, when considering what life-changing alterations we can attempt and then quit two weeks later, maybe try something new, pivot. Maybe we can put a little less emphasis on a resolution that fails every year and replace it with something that takes considerably less effort. Most of our goals and resolutions center around our own selfish personal ambitions and less outside the bubble in which we live. Maybe this year we make our resolution to practice kindness. Maybe this year we make it a goal to be more compassionate, to be more aware, to anger less and love more. Maybe this year we practice manners and show respect for property and each other. Maybe this year our goals are to smile 
at least once a day at someone. Pay a genuine compliment to a stranger. Maybe this year, we work a little harder, make fewer excuses, and take pride in what we do. Maybe this year, we can learn to appreciate what we have, the gifts and blessings that God has given us. Maybe this year we can demonstrate more patience, more understanding, more empathy. Maybe this year we can put down our phones and be more present. Maybe this year we can control our emotions and our language and be positive examples for a generation who desperately needs it. And maybe, just maybe this year, we can enact real change. Change that means something, whose reach doesn't end after two weeks. Because in the end, you have to be willing to surrender what you are for what you could become. And this year, if we can make our resolutions less about what we can get and more about what we can give, then maybe we can start to create a world where our neighbors are our friends, our elders are respected, our patience for each other runs deep where the words we use resonate with compassion and our actions facilitate a change that we all can be proud of. And maybe this year, we'll finally let kindness be the currency that binds us all. And those are Scott's thoughts. Okay, Scott, I liked it. <clears throat> Matthew Stafford could lead the Rams back to the promised land Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly right. That's exactly right. So anyway, yeah, that was a uh, been a minute there again. So <laughs> I'll, I'll do better, boss. I'll do better. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. That was really good. And then you mentioned the vegetables thing. And all I could think about was, have you heard about this? Al Michaels, the great sports broadcaster. He claims he's never eaten a vegetable in his entire life. Whatever. Whatever. That's impossible. You, you, you just you can't. So you never had a slice of pizza with a, a tomato on it or or well and tomato, but like a pepper on it or anything like that. No, I don't believe it. Yeah, he might be blowing smoke, but he's sticking to it. So Yeah, that's what we do. We we I'm not saying he's lying, but we tell lies and we double down. <laughs> that that's the pattern. Yes. And so that was going to lead me into next week's Scott's thoughts. So we were talking about this uh, case. Why not from Lapway? And he's pursuing Idaho's all time scoring record. Right. And multiple websites, ours included, had the wrong number that he needed to break. And I could have doubled down and just said, yeah, well, all these other people got it wrong, too. Or I could stand up and go, hey. I'm an idiot and we got it wrong and here's what we're going to do to make it right. That just doesn't exist in our world today. I think of our politicians and they just can't ever admit that they're wrong about anything. And so Scott, that's going to be next week. Scott's thoughts is how do we, how do we say the words? I was wrong. Ooh, wow. You know, it's it, knee jerk and it's, we live in a world where being right isn't important, but being first is. And you take that mindset and it really does explain some of our behaviors. And when you have a, a politician or politicians, leaders that 
just blatantly lie to your face and everybody knows it's a lie, they doubled down. It makes it easy for us to follow that behavior, you know? And again, like I just said, the more we repeat a pattern, the more it becomes our normal. So that'll be a good one. That's going to, that's going to tap dance on our moral fabric just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's something that just isn't there anymore. So I'm very intrigued to see where you go with it for next week's Scott's thoughts, but that is next week's show. Uh, and I've already got a couple of topics in the hopper for next week's show as well, Scott. So we can Wait. talk about that offline because it's heating up. Uh, Scott girls state basketball is in less than a month. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not, but wow. Oh, it's coming up so quickly. Oh, it goes so fast. I mean, the seasons go so fast. And and for us as broadcasters and podcasters, and um, it, it goes so quickly that I hope the athletes realize how quickly time passes um, because they're in the middle of something right now that they'll never have back again. And for these seniors, this is it. And it's gone before you know it, you know? So I hope they're taking some time to enjoy the journey uh, because it'll never come around again. Definitely. So we will be back to chronicle some of the journeys that are happening and so much more on next week's edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast. Until then, enjoy the competitions coming up this weekend, everybody. Travel safe to and from where you're going. It's slick out there. And we'll see you next time. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. It's the Magic Valley PrepCast presented by Novape Idaho on idahosports.com.